Hello, George. Hello, Ollie. How are you? I'm adapting to wild new circumstances. For the first time, I'm recording the podcast in a different room because uh, my girlfriend's working from from home and doesn't want to hear our nonsense. Um, So I'm actually... I know that this is... I'm sorry if I'm kind of taking your thing, but I'm actually quite snugly in bed. Oh, that's good. No, no, you're not taking my thing at all. I think that's something I'd like to share with not just not only you, but the world. The world, yeah. Maybe some brothers and sisters in Canada and all over the place. Yeah, yeah, all Um, over the place, but... Yeah. Well, well, I'm happy to hear that. Are you not very hot, though? Well, Barcelona this heat? is what I was going to say. I, I Maybe it's slightly misleading to say I'm snuggly uh, because I'm not under the covers. I'm perched awkwardly on the side of my bed so I can reach my microphone. Um, Ooh, I'm extremely like hot and sweaty. Yeah, it sounds like back pain. I'll tell you what it feels like. <laughs> back pain. And yeah. I'm sweaty. I'm I've just got back from my uh co-work music place and um oh I just remembered that my anecdote I was gonna reference was actually in the uh basement tapes, the unreleased well, episode. Yes. For uh, once again for anybody listening, we are recording on a Tuesday. Now if you'd like to know our schedule, we normally sit down on a Monday and record this show and we love it. And we did that yesterday. We sat down on a Monday and God, it was going good. Something well, well, Ollie had me in stitches again. Three minutes, yeah. yeah. And then there was a little gremlin in the kind of connection somehow, and yeah. we kept the phone kept dropping out, and we kind of laughed through it three times, and then Ollie's kind of tone really took a turn, <laughs> and he was uh, he was like, I essentially said, I can't work in these conditions. I don't. I can't um, work with amateurs like this. Yeah. Um, so we are here. We are on a Tuesday. It's a beautiful day here in the UK, and I cannot wait to yeah. get into this week's show. Oh, good. <laughs> I, it was strange yesterday because. I've never seen that in real life. Like on both of our phone screens, a, a big skull and, and crossbones just showed up and mm. and laughed at us and said, yeah. you know. And I had a little bit of a green discharge came out of my charging port on my phone as well. I so had I that. that oh, you know, it's funny you say that. Just before we um, started this recording, uh, I went to plug my laptop into the plug next to my bed and i saw that it's got two sort of scorch marks around it so at Ooh. some point while i've been happily sleeping away small electrical fire so yes. <laughs> that's a nice well, thing at least you caught mind. it now yeah, yeah yeah and i'll do nothing about it and and forget yeah. about it yeah continue to use the plug wicked. yeah well i'm literally using it right now and so if yeah. if i am engulfed in flames at any point during the podcast please remember me for um <gasps> who i tried to be not who i was yeah well okay. the the lengths we go to, to for our podcast Content, yeah you know, it's brilliant I love how it. are you doing george how um we're at, we're on a tuesday now but how has your week been uh mate i am feeling great it, to the point where I feel good and I'm sure there's been waves of different things throughout the week. But right now, I can't even think what they would have been. Mm. I'm just very excited to be talking to you. Um, I went for a little walk yesterday and the world felt alive. 
Oh, yeah. And as in, well, it was just sun. Everything was in bloom. The trees were full of life. There was sun just, you know, getting yeah. through where it needed you, to. You're and, in uh, full heat wave yeah. mode in the UK, are you not? I am. And I I don't know why, but I decided any time that I'm out in the sun, I'm going to keep uh, a T-shirt on. And I've got a wicked Oh, uh, you've got a, um, what's it called? A farmer's tan. Farmer's tan, I believe it's called. Um, you might call it that. But anyway, I'm... What? You, is that a fa- am I going to get cancelled for that? No, 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 no. You rock with that. Um, okay, <laughs> so, Ollie, I'm feeling, I'm feeling good, good, good. Um, I'm feeling good, I, I'm, too, I have well, to please, say. can you tell us your story from yesterday that I don't want to be cast onto the kind of... Uh, Bootleg. The embers of time. Yeah, I, I would love for you to share with me and the listener your um, Zoom story. Yes, so uh, um, yesterday I had a Zoom meeting, or well, it wasn't on Zoom, it was on some knockoff version, and uh, it was a sort of, you know, a professional uh, life-slash-career call, not like a... Um, I wasn't doing a pub quiz. It wasn't funny vibes. It was serious vibes. And I was feeling, I, to be honest, I hadn't really thought about it. And then about 20 minutes before, my body and my brain went off on one. And I was very panicky. And for people who maybe haven't experienced uh, panic attacks before or high anxiety, there are very physical symptoms that come along with it and for me I was convinced that I, I was going to be sick and I was feeling very nauseous but I was committed to the call because to be honest in the last few years I have missed out on a lot of opportunities because I've uh, mental health stuff has got in the way so I'm trying to move past that so I got a bag for life and I decided to have it to one side, just off camera, because by the way, this this <laughs> meeting was on webcam, uh, just in case I needed a quick, uh, to quickly be sick. And in my mind, what I would do is I'd, I'd mute the microphone and then just lean off camera, uh, <laughs> throw up in the bag, uh, and then come back and say, unmute and say, yeah, no, interesting you say that. In my perspective on this is... And just carry on with the meeting as if nothing had happened. Um, oh, fortunately. Just, uh, I'm sorry that I'm laughing and I, I'm not laughing at anything that you experienced uh, before this call. It's just, I know you, I love you. And the idea of you having to lean off screen and your best solution being a bag for life. Well. Just off screen. It, I love it. And, I mean, um Fortunately, it, it, I didn't have to use it in the end. And as with lots of these things, the expectation, the anticipation was uh, far worse than, than the reality. And as soon as I um, had been talking to the, this guy for, you know, like two minutes, I started to think, what, why the fuck do I have this bag for life set up next to me? What on <laughs> yeah. Earth? Um, but yeah, it's just, it's quite intense, the things that can happen to your body just because your brain is cycling through these thoughts it's the kind of physiological responses i'm i'm never i never get used to it i'm always like especially when it's sudden when it goes away quite quickly and you can tell that it was 
completely related to this uh, fear or the like. An, say if it's an event. Um, yes. And and immediately before you feel a certain way, and then as it dissipates, you start to think like, "Wow, that really was my whole body was affected by the way I was thinking about this thing." I'm sure we've touched on it in the past, Ollie, um, on the show, maybe. You might remember better than I do. But the, I was talking to a friend a few months ago and we were talking about the, um, the fatigue that mm. kind of follows uh, kind of a bout of panic or anxiety. And yeah. it's, it's really physical. And, so the, it's, and you are, in some way, on autopilot. So that, you know, the reaching for the bag for life. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, but that is that as an example, it's kind of, you will have had a moment in the meeting, as you said, where you look at it and you go, wow, well, like, that was my best idea um, in that moment. But there's a real uh, physical fatigue that can follow it. Yeah. Um, and so there must be a lot at play that is not on the surface. It's something that is... Simmering underneath. Yes. And bubbling yeah, because, away. Because you, when you're having a panic attack, it's that... Or, or not even necessarily a panic attack if you're feeling high anxiety. It's the, God, what's the phrase? Fight or flight thing of your body is is responding to the perceived threat. And you get flooded with adrenaline and i think cortisol is the is one of the the hormones that it, listen i don't fucking know google it but <laughs> but that your body is flooded with these hormones and you are completely uh wiped out by the end of it because when that goes away and you're not on autopilot like, as you were saying um and you're kind of returning back to to normal in quotation marks, um, you're suddenly just knackered. Uh, mm-hmm. And I used to have issues with this at uni because even if I managed to go to certain classes or uh, or even social events, um, if I managed to push through the anxiety I would have before it, I would often get there, realize that I didn't have anything to be worried about but then just feel so fucking tired that I wasn't fun to be around or um or I wasn't engaging in the class properly because I was just worn out by this thing that had been gnawing at me since I woke up and yeah it's very a very tiring thing but yesterday at least I've I my main feeling was of uh I was uh, you know pleased that I had persevered because as I say there's been many times in my life that I have avoided situations that could have been good for me or could have been I don't know exciting projects or whatever yeah um yeah but you, you can't regret that I don't think I think you just it's brilliant that you took that it's call just yeah it's exciting it's just something that I want I am tr- I want to not do in the future basically yeah, yeah. so so I'm I'm pleased with how that went um um Ollie yeah another um Another one anecdote of my shared one, another one of my classic from, anecdotes from yesterday that I just I it sparked in me kind of a trailer thought that I quite enjoyed and it was the sock the kind of depression yes. sock. Um, okay, well that sounds <laughs> maybe that's just my brain. My brain goes somewhere yeah, yeah. when you say the phrase depression sock, and I do not 
like that, and that is what about the, the sock of depression story. That's nice, yeah, actually. Okay. Yeah, no, that's perfect. Thank you. Um, okay, earlier last week, uh, well, we, we spoke in, in last week's podcast that we'd both had um, a few rough days, and I genuinely did find that uh, conversation very helpful and positive. But and and so I was in quite a good mood after it. But the sort of self-critical and uh, negative thoughts crept back in in the sort of latter half of of last week. And I found myself looking very much like a sort of stock image that they might use in... If you Google like a depression clip art, you might find something similar to the position I found myself in or in a film or a TV show when they want to show that someone's depressed. Um, I felt like such a cliche because I was, I had got up and wasn't having a great day and I had put off getting dressed for a, for a long time. And then eventually I started to put one of my socks on and I got halfway through. So my, um, my little toesies were covered, uh, but my heel was still fully exposed. And I just sort of looked down and, and it felt like such a futile thing to get dressed. And um, and I just thought, what's the fucking point? And lay back because I was, I was sitting on my bed, much perched on my bed, much like I am now. And I just sank back in and thought, nah, that sock's not going all the but way on. But the thing on. I found interesting about it is that it the whole thing well, the, yeah. no you're right it reminds me of an episode say two years ago it might be now or 18 months ago now where mm. the exact same thing it was the last item of clothing i was putting on was this sock <laughs> and there was a i was perched on the end of the bed there's a mirror in front of me and what for whatever reason i fell back the sock was never put on, so I had one sock on, one sock off, and mm-hmm. I just, I had nothing left to give. I was, in that moment, mm-hmm. um, just, I'd given up on whatever that day was supposed to be. Um, yeah. And I, we spoke yesterday about what may, it made me think, well, is it that that, that last sock is to really commit to the day and and or that yeah. whatever it is i know that seems a bit you know no i i think you're I, you're right that like these things that can seem so small come to me like getting dressed represents your daily routine in a way like getting ready getting started and these are the things that when people are unhappy or having a tough time those things become harder to do and they fall by the wayside and it might be because you think what's the point because uh what am i really going to do with my day do i need this sock on or is it's overwhelming you're worried about your day and so you don't you want to avoid it you're putting it off because as soon as that sock is on and yes i am continuing with the sock <laughs> yeah. before, as soon as the sock is on you 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 kind of have no excuses left you you got to push on and this happens so often with me that that my girlfriend now just sort of if if i disappear into the shower we have a an an ensuite so when i come out of the shower i sit on the bed in my towel for far too long and just stare into space and now she just says if basically if it takes me 45 minutes to get dressed she just says did you fall back into the swamp again Mm. and i say yeah man (laughs) 
I was deep in the swamp. Yeah, I I don't know. There's some I enjoy that analogy of the kind of it's the it's to get the sock on is to commit to the day, and if you if you're not ready for that, it makes sense that it's that last thing or or, or putting your coat on or putting your shoes on or whatever it is that is the kind of yeah brushing your teeth yeah the final straw that kind of it goes no well if I do this it means I'm I'm gonna throw myself into whatever's the coming day. and. I, the day has begun. Yeah, and you yeah. don't want that. It well, that's that. Sorry. Well, I, I was it just quickly when you asked earlier on how I'm doing, and I said I'm good, I'm great. I think that what that reminds you is how good a job I do of just forgetting that that, that like so when I'm feeling good, mm. and you mentioned this yesterday, I'm feeling good. Yeah. The idea of however low I was feeling last week, it's kind of like, oh, why did you let yourself get like that, George? You know, it's like, oh. You know, yeah. and it's, it's hard to imagine how I felt, actually, which is why I was so happy yeah. that we kind of documented it as we did last week, because to echo what you were saying, I really, A, loved the phone call as it happened, but when we listened to the call back for the edit, it, it was really comforting to hear you and me talk things through. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, for the last few days, I have felt good, and it's bizarre how you then forget the... Yeah. the other incarnation the of yourself that is not you know yeah it, it i i may have used this analogy before but i always think of it as how when your nose is blocked you are desperate for it to be unblocked and you think about how annoying it is that your nose is blocked and then when it's unblocked you don't think about it at all you just take it for granted and it's like yeah my nose is yeah. unblocked um and when i'm feeling really low you know i don't want to feel that low and i'm obsessing over it but when i'm feeling good it's almost like i've i have always felt good because i feel good right now and i i in a way i suppose that's good because you're living in the moment and you're just enjoying it but a lot of people say that especially if you have ongoing recurring issues that it's actually a good time to address them is when you're feeling good because or 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 not even just good but just not when you're not deep in the depths of it because you are maybe more able to to talk about it or address the causes of Mm. it or or whatever so yeah i i think we are very lucky that we have these public public records of how we felt at certain times and um yeah i certainly feel even today compared to yesterday i feel in a much better i mean i you know i haven't had a a zoom call with a a potential sick bag next to me so (laughs) today is already going better than yesterday there's potentially in this i'm just curious that like this documenting how one feels from day to day is potentially not the healthiest thing to do because there's always going to be a comparison it's never going to be linear and from day to day it will change mm. or do you think that it's healthy to do, that, that it's it's good to kind of take a note of you know what has happened in the day well and- i th- i think if you're having you know like for for myself i'm having ongoing issues with anxiety and depression and so it's helpful in that case especially with or at least in in my i have more experience with 
this being helpful with anxiety because my therapist, all of my therapists have said, have advised me to keep some record of what makes me feel anxious and what situations, mm. um, because, because you can kind of go through and, and see if there's a pattern or what it is that is triggering the, the feelings. And I'm sure, sh- and that is probably true of a lot of things. Um, you know, if you have obsessive thoughts, you can try and see, and there isn't always a pattern of course, but there might be, and it might be worth yes. exploring. Um, I'm not sure, you know, if if you don't have, I guess it just depends how often you feel yes. low. Because yes, it's there's no, I'm not suggesting that whenever you're feeling good, you should be like, ah, oh, I should take a moment, have a moment's silence for me in the past who felt bad. <laughs> because then you'll never enjoy your, you, you, you are allowed to feel good. You don't have to kind of compare and feel guilty about it. But I, I th- at least find for myself that it's helpful to have some kind of um, catalogue. Uh, and there's an app, uh, I don't remember the name of it, but I'm sure you can find it by Googling it, that is designed for this purpose where you can... Oh, it's um, like a daily log. Every Yeah, every day it gives you a notification and you can say as much or, uh, as, or as little as you like and you can you, it asks you a couple of simple questions about how you feel and i think you can even just put there's like a you know happy face to sad face scale sliding scale i mean i haven't used it but people have said that that is helpful for tracking moods and seeing how they change over over time as well for me if i think of me getting in the habit of using something like that if i were to end my day with it and I mm. were to put in I've had a good day I think that would be like a, a really nice thing to end my day on like somebody asked me how has your day been reflecting go, oh yeah actually yeah. it's been really good and and kind of yeah exactly as you say reflecting on it and enjoying that feeling I think and that's yeah a, a, I, I, com- I completely dwell on the negative stuff and rarely if ever will I be like will I sit back and think wow what a positive what a good day I had. So maybe something like that would make, would make that, would you'd confront that more often because yeah, you you get a little ping on your phone and even if you weren't thinking about it, it'll say, how's your day? And you might think, oh, actually I haven't worried about this thing once today, or I haven't felt this feeling, this negative feeling once today. Um, Me and you have spoken about this, um, not on the show before Ollie, um, oh, X-rated sensor stuff. <laughs> no. um, and so I oh. use a, a meditation app just for, for, but it's just silence, and then a little bell goes off after twenty minutes, and then I know that I've kind of come to the end of my time. And actually, of late, I've not been using it, and I've gotten better at feeling out what twenty minutes is, if that makes sense. So I can just look at my wristwatch mm. and go like, "Oh yeah." Well, it's, a, it's an episode of Friends. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Comes. But so if you just sit and then in your mind go through line by yeah. line, season one, episode one of Friends. Actually, that'll be twenty-two minutes. Is that okay? Uh, yeah. Well, you need two minutes to come down at the end. So yeah. Okay. Perfect. Um, but on this app, they also do kind of guided meditation. So it will be you know for sleep, or there are specific ones for anxiety, or for travel, or for stress. St- yeah, yeah, and work-related ones and things and. Of course, you. Well, I'd say of course for me, I'm not going to go and sit through every single one on there unless it relates to what I would like to experience. And um, mm-hmm. one of them was is labelled. It's like a gratitude thing, 
And I always found that interesting because it's that this thing that we're talking about. You end the day and you give yourself the opportunity to think back on the day and all the things that have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And if you can get over the fact that there's kind of a very smooth Californian accent in your head going like, you know... <laughs> Think of all the amazing people in your life. And what is it today yeah. that has given you joy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, if you can kind of not get over that fact, but just get used to that. Yeah, no, if you can get over that thing. <laughs> yeah. So, that terrible, terrible no, no, thing, no, I just, guess. But it is, I think you no, feel I even, you this I... is sad, but even you're in bed by yourself and you feel self-aware, which is fucking ridiculous when I say that out loud. But there's this thing of like, oh, you know, what would somebody think if they knew I was yeah, I listening to this? It's like, well, they don't yeah. need to know, and if it's working, but and even if they did, yeah, I mean, if they, uh, sorry, I'll let you finish before I rant. Well, no, I just it it is exactly what it says on the tin, and you go, it just kind of gently aids you along this kind of. Uh, Think about the day. Think about the people in your life that you've spoken to. Think about that. And, and without mm-hmm. fail, on the few occasions that I've done it, it puts a smile on your face because it's it, we are, I guess, um, influenced by, by what we expose ourselves to. And so how often are we taking the time to do that? I don't know. For myself, not very often. But it, it, when I have done it, it's mm-hmm. a nice feeling. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah. It's definitely something I think I could do more of. I just what you were saying about feeling kind of self-conscious even when you're alone in bed doing something for yourself um it just reminded me of how my stomach is growling up a storm <laughs> sorry to the listeners it's 154 and I ain't munched okay to put me in jail um what was I saying before my stomach rudely interrupted me yeah so it reminded me of how this week in particular, I've been noticing how much I have kind of internalized and bought into some of the stigma around mental health stuff that even at, while I kind of vocally reject it, in my own head, I feel these things all the time. Like I feel ashamed of feeling bad, basically. And then I have to kind of uh, argue with myself about it and say, you don't need to feel that way or you don't need to compare your your life circumstances in and your i mean i think lots of people feel guilty that that they suffer with whatever it may be and they think why do i feel this way my life is quite good but that's irrelevant and the you know depression doesn't stop and take account of your life circumstances and go you know what i'm going to leave you be you seem like you've got it do you know the other thing that i think we're not sympathetic towards is this this idea of there being the kind of mental health olympics and that one experience is you know worth more than another and so uh, as an example i remember a journalist once saying to me you know you've spoken about anxiety you know well I've got a friend that can't leave the house, you know, so what would he think of you saying that? And I said, well, mm. mate, it's not, a, it's not a competition. I'm not out here going like, yeah. I've... I've got the uh, Yeah, I've got this, and I challenge anybody to... And I think, though... <laughs> <laughs> but I, and I said that to him, you know, it's not a competition, and it's I, I can't help but think that it will be a kind of a spectrum kind of thing where at any one point mm. in one's life, there will be somewhere on that spectrum, and it, it ebbs and flows. And But I think that we are... People will say to themselves, oh, 
you know, don't bother talking to whoever about this because you, it's probably just you're being silly and, you know, I don't, you know, it's that idea of yeah. burdening them or them thinking that you're being soft or that, you know, all of these things. Whereas actually, yeah. if it's just a regular conversation, it kind of doesn't matter. It, it Well, it doesn't matter what, what the, the severity of something. Yes. And also the idea that you, you're allowed to feel a certain way if it, you weigh up your suffering against other people. I mean, it just doesn't factor in. It's very often it's a chemical imbalance in your brain. It is not taking account of your life circumstances in the same way that, um, you know, cancer or something doesn't. People aren't unaffected by cancer just because they're wealthy or have a good life or whatever. Um, and obviously personal circumstances can affect their is linked they're linked to mental health issues as well but it just i just don't think it's helpful to kind of say well because i'm in this position of privilege therefore i i won't allow myself to seek help for the way i mm. feel i think everyone should and what you were saying then just rem reminded me i was having a conversation with a friend of ours a while ago and uh i'm pretty sure he doesn't listen to the podcast but you know i'm not trying to shame him for this but we had because i don't think it's his fault but we had this textbook toxic masculinity conversation where he was talking to me about some his feelings and uh something he was struggling with and every sentence was either prefaced or or uh, or ended with some kind of like i know this is pathetic and i know it's stupid mm. to say this and all this and i kept saying you don't need to feel that way i'm especially talking to me i don't think you're pathetic and i you don't have to apologize for talking about your feelings but it's just so embedded in a lot of uh, particularly men that you just can't talk about this stuff and if you do you have to and we do it too it, the the you know you have to turn it into a joke and i don't think that is inherently about as in making light of some aspects of it like for example hmm i don't know having a bag for life you're gonna throw up <laughs> next to you like that is yeah, funny yeah. so what that does uh, but that's the, that doesn't i think take there's away. really a confusion around the whole topic because it's this of course on the one hand it's very serious and it's very uh it's life affecting and it's um but 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 it's still life and i think i can't help but think that anything that happens i think if you're able to there's a little bit of humor i think so and i would never i would never pick up the phone someone i didn't know in the way that i know you and them say you know say they said i'll reach for a bag for life because i thought i was going to be sick i don't think that i would laugh at that <laughs> laugh no and i don't off. think i would find it funny in the same way as just knowing you and th and i think that that's yeah. a, 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 uh, i don't know i think that's a well it's i i was offering it as a you know I, story i was aware that it was funny and so it would be different if someone was saying something and then you know we as someone who wasn't affected by it we were like ha ha <laughs> yeah. that's funny when they didn't find it funny yeah. or whatever but um but you know the more dangerous part of the kind of never being sincere about anything and and luckily i don't think we do this because we're sincere and we can have a laugh yeah. god we're perfect yeah. um but just the constantly undercutting the things you're saying or saying oh actually i'm being stupid or i probably don't mean this blah 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 i understand where that comes from because because we are it's learned behavior 
from a long time of being told not to talk about these things. But it offers a short-term but... security as well because it's you saying, you know, ah, saying this thing. Ah, actually, there's probably nothing in it, you know. So you're able to say the yeah, thing that you, you want to talk about away. and then go, but we don't need to talk about it. Though. You know, it's probably just silly. Yeah, but it's just you know, this person, this person I was having a conversation with is one of my very close friends, and I just wish I could really reach out and communicate to him that I won't judge him and I I want to listen to to how he feels but yeah I mean and, and I said that as, and that's I suppose all I could do and again not bringing this up to say this guy's such a man about it and I'm so good I'm just it was just an example of something that yeah. you see quite a lot. Uh, were you going to say something or... Um... No, well, I was just going to say it again and again and again. I think that's the, what we are saying here is the, the beauty of picking up the phone, regardless of the, you know, just regular conversations with people. And it's, you know, I love it. But I say that all the time. Um, one thing that I have noticed, Ollie, is that like on a day like today, where I'm feeling, woohoo, yeah, come on. Um, I think to myself, like... <laughs> Oh, actually, isolation hasn't been that bad for me, and some good has come from it. And then I think about the episodes of this show that we have recorded, and how often I've said, I can't put my finger on what it is, but I am so unmotivated... <laughs> I hate this. I miss people. What could da, 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 da. It be? And then uh, you know, you wake up with a, 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 and it's bizarre because yeah, on a whole today, if I'm to think about this period of time, um, I'm like, yeah, no, no, it's been all right. And then I think, well, no, day to day, actually, you fucking hated it like everybody else because mm. it's mm-hmm. newsflash, it's shit. Um, yeah, no, I don't know. You heard it here first, guys. It's yeah. shit. And I was reading something in, um, it was the World Health Organization talking about how concerned they are about uh, the mental health fallout from isolation and the, and the pandemic. And, you know, they're making very clear that we should be thinking about that now, not, not later, and because need to try and address it as soon as possible, be that with, you know, funding or providing services. But... And and in Barcelona, they've just announced last week extra funding that they're going to put into the mental health sector specifically to deal with a heavy influx of kind of cases as yeah. a result of this. Yeah, or or, or yeah, because I mean, it's this won't be news to anyone, but this situation is difficult and strange for so many people, and people who have had m- mental health issues before. They may resurface or be exacerbated or people might experience them for the first time because they've never spent this much time on their own or inside. And yeah, just we, I think we all need to be aware that there's going to be some tough times ahead and we need to be there for the people in our lives. I can't help but think Um, it's, I don't know. I think it's brilliant that we hear about it as much as we do now. Um, and I can't help but think that if this had happened 10 years ago, we wouldn't. Um, mm. I guess we'll never know. Yeah. Um, Ollie, uh-huh. do you know who I've missed of late? Mm. Um, well, the guy who played Austin Powers, he hasn't really been in anything for a while. <laughs> Mike Myers, is that who you mean? No, no. Or, no, Brendan Fraser, the guy, the star of The Mummy. No, 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 neither of those. Tobey Maguire, the Spider-Man in the Sam Raimi trilogy. No, 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 no. I'm talking about our fine medieval friend. um, Oh, the little messenger messenger boy. boy With the bag of good news, um, questions and queries. 
have you heard from him of late? I, I mean, you'll remember that last week he was a little bit pissed off because he hoisted the big sack of mail all the way to us. And then um, we immediately said, oh, actually, you know what? We're going to save the emails. So he's been quite moody this week, quite temperamental, and he's been passive aggressively sending me certain links uh hyperlinks on on the world wide web for example this link about the history of the postal service um, <laughs> he, <laughs> he sent it to me send it to me just with a, a sort of that the emoji of someone stroking their chin and yeah. thinking and um and then he uh, he sent me the, the Wikipedia article about um, Henry VIII's postmaster general. It was called the, the Master of the Posts, which was quite a grand term for the person who was in charge of the very early postal service. I think he's pushing for a promotion. Maybe we should invite him over, evaluate what he's brought us this week, uh, and, you know, we can discuss it further. I think so. Let's call him over. Email for you, my lord. emails just come in my lord so george a couple weeks ago have i lost you no sorry i'm still here oh sorry (laughs) (laughs) i forgive you um so uh yes a couple of weeks ago you quite suddenly revealed that you thought of yourself as an inventor and We've had a few responses from the listeners about your inventions. I have to say, I was quite surprised slash furious about all Have of we had them. some positive uh, feedback? Almost entirely positive. Yes! Um, you know, I, I hate to say I hate to say that uh, people are slightly biased um, because you know perhaps they it, they like you, they're fans of you, so they uh, they are predisposed to think that your inventions are good. But here's an email from uh, from Lila. Hi George. Hi Ollie. I'm here because I want some inventions George talked about. <laughs> Last week, the Belt of Plenty was my favourite. It would be amazing to go out and feed the ducks because they all come running over to you. So if you turned it on, they wouldn't. It would just fly out. <laughs> Bye from Lila. Um, okay, Lila. Uh, yes! Yes! I don't know if I agree with you, but thank you so much for getting in touch. Now, this one is is a, a slightly longer one more, more, maybe a more in-depth analysis of the apparent pros and the benefits of the Belt of Plenty. This is from Rachel. Hello, chaps. I've just been listening to last week's episode and had to pause it to email about the Belt of Plenty. <laughs> As someone who has worked in primary education for eight <gasps> years and now works in private childcare, I've spent a lot of time with small children, and the invention of the Belt of Plenty would be perfect for them. <laughs> world's gone fucking mad this is pre-lockdown pre-lockdown the toddler i care for and i would often go to the local park to feed the ducks we had a lovely old time 
However, the toddler would quite often eat the majority of the bread herself and the poor ducks would be left to go hungry. This would then have the knock-on effect of the toddler refusing to eat her lunch because she's filled up on all the bread intended for the ducks. Now, if the belt of plenty was to be made a reality, not only would the ducks actually get fed, but the toddler and myself would have a great time swinging our hips around (laughs) to distribute the crumbs evenly. I can't believe this. Apologies, Ollie... Me fucking neither. How do you think I feel? <laughs> Apologies, Ollie, if this has encouraged George further, but, and this is the bit that really, but I would 100% buy it. <laughs> Rachel, listen, I love you. Big fan of yours. But are you off your head? <laughs> what, Ollie? You would 100% buy this belt that has a plastic bread bin attached to it that's primary purpose is to evenly distribute crumbs to ducks who by the way apparently you're not supposed to fucking feed the ducks anyway but ollie it doesn't matter if you're swinging your hips while you do it yeah i i if i you know i was in a good mood already but this is awesome i i love that you know it's been was there was there many? Don't worry, you don't have to read them um, all out. I'm just curious to see what my audience. Yeah, there were a couple others. Uh, I have to say, there was no, um, there were no positive reactions or any reactions at all to the fucking mud bed or whatever. <laughs> the mattress, it was. Um, the mattress, uh, and so far, no one's got in touch about your Healy gloves. But apparently, the belt of plenty has really taken off. Now, yeah, this is all very funny. Ha ha ha. But I do think it's quite. It says something serious about um, the world we live in. That someone like you can toss off an idea <laughs> about a fucking bread belt, and people lap it up. People are willing to spend their heart. I one hundred percent would buy it. They don't even know how much it's going to cost. It doesn't it matter it to them. They'll buy it. They want it. Okay. And have you put any thought into? Um, you know, the production costs and how much, what your profit margin is. No, because you're not an inventor. You're not a businessman. You're not, you're a troubadour. You're a musician. You're a creative. You haven't got a dragon's den mind. Well, listen, that's really, you know, put a spring in my step. The fact that Rachel would like one and Lila, you know, thank you very much. And it really does. This inspires me to keep on with my inventions and see what else is out there and oh good i would like to thanks guys and thank you what i'm gonna try and do i've got one friend in particular that's quite handy around a workshop and i might see if he can knock up a kind of prototype um although i'm old school ollie where we went to school they they got a laser cutter in the wood tech department so i wonder no it wasn't was it a laser cutter yeah i think it was yeah they did i I remember that and during my time there but that that was a while ago by now it's probably all they're all uh, making ipods printer vr stuff and making ipod yeah yeah making the latest thing an ipod (laughs) (laughs) that's how old we are we think ipods are new um God, I just on, as a side note, I miss the iPod Classic, don't you? Shall we say that uh, we like each other and it's time to say goodbye? <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Um, okay, well, it, for, from me, I like you. Um, I hope you like me. And thank you for a podcast with me. Oh, wait, first, George, please, 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 please tell the listener how to get in touch. Oh, yes, please do get in touch. We love hearing from you. 
any uh, questions, suggestions? Unless, um, yeah, unless you're encouraging George's <gasps> inventions. If anyone wants to get in touch and, and with you know reasons why the belt of plenty is actually an insane yeah and bad direct idea. message Ollie directly on Instagram for those ones. No, no, no. no, no, no. <laughs> Um, no, please do email us. Get in touch. We love it. And the uh, the email address is contact at phoneafriendpodcast.com. Yes. Email us at contact at phoneafriendpodcast.com. Leave us a review to share the podcast with your friends, all of that stuff. And do we have a chat coming up with a key worker? We do. There is a chat with a key worker coming okay. up. Okay. Um, so all that remains is for us to say we like each other yeah. and goodbye. Well, Ollie, I really do. I'm really, you're growing on me a lot. And uh, I knew you were going <laughs> to say weeks. that. This has been a real pleasure. So thank you very much. And um, I will speak to you next week. Speak to you next bye week. Bye-bye. Bye. Hello, Chelsea. How's your day been? Yes, it's been good, thank you. Good. What have you been up to? Um, I'm actually um, doing an exam from home this week at the moment, so yeah, that's uh, quite intense. When is the exam? It's like a seven-day long exam, so it started this morning and then I've got until next Monday to complete it. What do you mean a seven-day long exam? (laughs) I know, it's mad. Um, Ordinarily, I'd be doing it up in Manchester as the final part of my training, but yeah so we should let people listening know that you have emailed the podcast um and we're sitting down now so you're saying that you're still you still haven't completely finished your training no so i am a state registered biomedical scientist but i'm currently um undergoing training to be a clinical scientist so i'm in the final few months of my um three-year training program okay amazing and so do you obviously this huge thing that is happening around the world has meant that, you know, things don't look the same for a lot of us. In what way has it changed what you had thought of yourself to be doing at this point? What What's different? Everything. <laughs> um, so ordinarily at the moment, we do in our exams, we ha- would have uh, practical final assessments we'd be doing, as well as all of our normal day-to-day work. Um, all of that's been changed, obviously, seven-day exams. Um, we're doing a written reflection instead of a practical exam in July. So it's very different. And day-to-day at work, it's very, very different as well. Things around the hospital just are very odd. Um, I'm sure other people who work in similar settings will agree that everything just feels different at the moment. There's kind of an, even though we've already been through a massive change, there's still an air of anticipation about what's to come and how we're all coping and how long it's going to last for. So, yeah, it's quite, um, quite different at the moment, definitely. So how many days a week are you going in at the moment? Five days a week normally. Um, okay. So I generally work sort of 8.30 to 5. But my colleagues in the laboratory doing um, all the testing are in 24-7. So we provide a 24-7 service. Yeah. For, for you, on a personal level, that how... You know, when you realised you were going to be playing a key role in all of this, how did what? How did you compute that? And what, what you know? I'm not quite sure that I have really. <laughs> um, it's kind of very much uh, carry on with what you're doing and do the best you can to get on with it. Really, um, our hospital have been really good at supplying us with like daily updates and information and loads and loads of well-being support, which has been great. Um, 
but it's very much a case of just get on and do everything you can to help. Um, in some ways, I find it easier being at work than being at home, actually. Yeah, I have like a purpose at work and a reason um, to keep myself busy and, and like a, a routine at work, whereas at home, things are so odd and strange. I think I'd get a little bit so crazy if I wasn't going into work, to be honest. So, yeah, yeah, that's such a like, you know, the way you say that, if, you know, you, you still are computing it, that makes complete sense. Because how, do how does anybody you know, make sense of it. And it's uh, especially for you, because you are, in many ways, you're in the middle of it. Um, do you have family or friends that are also key workers? You know, have you got family and friends that can relate to what it is you're going through? Because for me, listening to you, it, it's, you know, I can't imagine it. Yeah, it's, I mean, I'm very, very thankful that I'm good friends with all of my colleagues. So we all support each other. Um, and my family as well. My brother's a school teacher. Um, and his girlfriend also works in the NHS. So we've created a support network and um, there's lots of key workers in our street as well who we've all sort of been talking to each other to try and make sure that we all keep an eye out for each other and make sure that we're all coping okay. Yeah, yeah. And what what does kind of... What does it look like when you get time for yourself to wind down? Because I think that is important. And I completely understand what you're saying about the time at work gives you that routine and you're part of a team. And now more than ever, I imagine, um, in my mind, you're like Power Rangers when you're going into work, you're superheroes. So if you've... What what is it that you're doing to kind of wind down and give yourself some space from it? Because that must be important as well. It is. It's really important and it's really difficult, I think, at the moment. But even when we're not at work, it's really hard to not be thinking about work. Um, but things like uh, sort of normal distraction techniques. I listen to a lot of radio and music and podcasts at home obviously um lots of cleaning and baking and tidying i don't think my house has ever looked so clean um, <laughs> yeah. even though there's no one to come and visit obviously yeah. um and trying to sort of limit news exposure and things i think at the start that was really hard and i think you guys have talked about it on the podcast before yeah. that there's just an absolute bombardment of news and stories and everything and it's that's really difficult to get your head around. It can be quite overwhelming, especially yeah. if you're in the thick of it all day at work and then you come home and you know there's the daily briefing and all these news stories and things. So trying to take a bit of a break from it like that. And, you know, films, TV shows, all the kind of general things that people would do to relax. It's just, it feels a bit stranger now than it would do normally, possibly. Yeah, and that's what you said, there's a Because I imagine a hospital has to be quite a high-octane place to work at the best of times and you said that there's a there's an atmosphere you know there's something in the air is there moments that stand out to you of you know you being there for a colleague or you know or vice versa is there little moments in you know that that stand out yeah I think so I mean even just day to day you know we try try and keep an eye out for each other and make sure that we're taking lunch breaks and going out for a walk if we can and you know um it was my birthday last week so they sort of decorated the office and things and you know just little moments like that that kind of make it all seem a little bit more normal or more routine are, are quite um are quite good to have and uh, yeah we, we all kind of look out for each other at work and, and at home as well we look out for each other I'm really lucky that I live in a very close-knit neighborhood even more so after yeah. all of this we've been doing lots of things in our place to kind of make sure that we all keep an eye out for each other and that's been really helpful as well yeah of course 
Yeah, I, I can't. I was talking with some friends earlier about this has got to be something monumental to get your head round for key workers, you know, in any position. But we said in particular, those people that are still kind of in training or, you know, are just finishing their training, you would never have, you know, this is like, it's just, I, I can't begin to tell you how admirable it is that you, because you are faced with this position in this position where it's, it's almost as if you don't have time to, compute what's going on you, you've just got to go with it and so uh, you're isolating alone at the minute I, in your email to the show you were saying about your film club with your boyfriend and yeah. things like that and I think that's you know me and Ollie doing that as well which has been brilliant and it's little things like that that I think you know I've been talking to family and friends on the phone more now than ever you know and I think that that's something I would like to carry into life post all of this whenever that may be. And I wonder if there's things that you've been, you found yourself doing that you kind of think, well, actually, I would like to carry this on on the other side of this. Do you think like that at all? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've already said there's things like, um, you know, our family WhatsApp group that we have where normally we just use it to post silly little comments or, oh, don't forget we're all doing this on Sunday or whatever. But I think that's going to become a much more um, used forum to communicate. And even things, you know, like making sure that I say my grandma every week and stuff. And it's just making a bit more of an effort, I think, to communicate Mm -hmm. with people because it's so easy ordinarily for time to fly by and you're really busy and caught up in your own life. You forget Mm -hmm. that the people, you know, you you need to reach out to other people as well. And I think we're definitely, I know all of my friends and family are going to try and make more of an effort to stay connected after this. If there's one good thing that has to come out Surely it has to be that we're going to feel more connected and more together. Over the last few weeks, I've become much more, much closer to um, all of my neighbours. And we've all said that the local Indian down the road is all one of our favourite restaurants. So we're like, oh, when all this is over, we'll just book it out. We'll all go for a meal and hang yeah. out and get a afterwards, you know. <laughs> so it's little things like that, I think, you know, before all of this, it's sort of a nod and a wave as you get in and out of your car and you go about your day. But actually, just being able to spend a bit of time with neighbours and talking about things outside of work is just, yeah, it's the small things, I think, in all of this that kind of make it bearable and manageable and kind of got to take it day by day. But if you do that in the knowledge that there are people around you to help you do it, even if you are on your own, it just makes it a little bit easier. It doesn't mean it's all going to go away, but you sort of think, oh, I can do this. Like, it's fine. We're going to be all right. So those are the things yeah. that kind of hit. Well, that's amazing to hear. Honestly, it's, um, yeah, it's it's just incredible to be able to talk with you. And to, I, I get a sense of, you know, you you are aware of how monumental it is, the thing that you're a part of. But I think it's brilliant that you're able to, you know, think about the other side with your community and the fact that, you know, that that's all a part of it, I think is really amazing to hear and I think people will appreciate hearing that um from you and I just you know just before we say goodbye just thank you for listening to the show and emailing is amazing but you know obviously more than that everything that you're doing for the country and for everybody it's just it really is incredible so thank you Chelsea and from all of us just pass on our love to your colleagues and your family that are all key workers as well it's amazing I will do you know thank you for having me on the show and 
for letting me just share a little snippet into what's going on. I mean, I'm not, I suppose, a traditional frontline worker like people think of in terms of doctors and nurses, but every profession within the NHS is so key and so vital yeah. at the moment. And to have this kind of, you know, recognition from everyone, just it's been amazing and all key workers have been amazing over the last few weeks. And I think most of them will probably agree with me. We don't feel like we're doing anything different. We're just kind of carrying on and doing our job. But yeah, it's a strange world at the moment. But looking through at the other side, hopefully stronger and a little bit more connected and caring than we were before. Absolutely. Well, Chelsea, thank you very much. I'm going to say goodbye now. But thank you for your time and um, keep doing what you're doing. It's amazing. Thank you very much. Speak to you later. Bye bye.